Let's open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, the philosophy of God, written by Solomon, under inspiration from God. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Let's take a few more minutes to exhort all of you children and youth and adults that are students, employees, and can apply the work ethic, studying ethic, character, wisdom that the Bible teaches. Look at, look at Ecclesiastes 7.18, what it says. It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Amen. There it is. You want a rule for success, an axiom of getting ahead in the sight of God and by His measurements, by Solomon's wisdom? It is good. This is a good thing to learn. This is a rule that you should remember. It's good that thou shouldest take hold of it. And it is also good that you should not withdraw your hand by letting go of it. The man who fears the Lord is going to come forth of them all. That is a wonderful promise and a wonderful statement. I hope that we'll put it into practice. Great students fear the Lord. Because great students know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot acquire wisdom without the fear of the Lord. Anyone can acquire facts. You can teach a dog, a parrot, or a monkey facts. Anybody can acquire facts. But the ability to reason and understand what is right and just in any situation, that is wisdom, and it requires the fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. Because God's the source of wisdom. God's the reason for wisdom. God rules when it comes to wisdom. And it's the beginning, is to start with fearing God, which is our respect of Him as our Creator and the Lord of the universe and our desire not to displease Him, but to follow everything He has taught in the Bible, the fear of the Lord. It's not to quake and to be afraid of Him in terror. It's to respect Him and want to please Him. But those are the ones that get ahead. I want to give some quick rules that the Bible teaches us about being great students, being great employees. There's one right there in Ecclesiastes 7.18. Get a hold of it. Don't let go of it. The man that fears the Lord is going to come forth of them all. There were lots of young men in Egypt in the days of Joseph. There were lots of young men in Egypt in the days of Moses. There were lots of young men in the fast-track program of the Babylonian Empire. But Joseph and Daniel came forth of them all. And Moses came forth of them all. Look at Proverbs 22. Some of these are verses you've heard many times before, but I hope the perspective that I'm putting on them today will help you. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 11. This is a a lesson that character is more important than intelligence. This is that graciousness is more important than a great score. Because a gracious man is going to go farther than a great score. There's lots of geeks that get good grades. Not everybody that gets a good grade is a geek. But lots of geeks get good grades. A geek is someone who cannot function very well with other people. They cannot sell. They cannot speak. They cannot communicate. They cannot persuade. They're not gracious. They're not wanted around. They don't have friends. And we don't want that. That isn't being a great student. A great student is taking the best of both graciousness along with application of your intelligence and putting them together to please God and men. Look at 22.11. Proverbs 22.11. He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. There's a man becoming a friend of a king, like David did of Jonathan, and David did of Saul, 
And it wasn't based on intellect, and it wasn't based on academic achievements. It was based on graciousness flowing from a pure heart. That's why we started with the heart a few minutes ago. Joseph, David, Daniel, and others had great hearts. From those great hearts flow gracious speech. And when a person is gracious, even kings want them around. Because they're sick and tired of psychophants. They're sick and tired of beggars. And those that are trying to influence them, they love graciousness and pure hearts behind that gracious speech. This is an important thing to remember. For you to get along with the low in your class, the high in your class, the teacher, other students, graciousness. It should be something that you want to achieve on the job and in school, as well as doing well in your grades. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1 and remind ourselves of something that we very briefly mentioned this morning, and that is being able to communicate. It could easily be said that your speech class is the most important single class you'll take, because it doesn't matter what profession you end up in, if you can't communicate it clearly and persuasively, who cares what professional accomplishments you have? You're nothing. So what if you're locked away in some little research lab? The, the man who is able to take what you're researching and present it and persuade others of funding that research is going to make a whole lot more and plays a whole lot more useful service than you sitting in your little four, four walls. You need to learn how to communicate. And speech is something that is often neglected. Every speech class you get, don't dread it. Don't hate it. I know it's scary. Brother Jeff and I had the same speech teacher many, many years ago. She was a, a retired army, she was a retired army sergeant, and she was mean. But she was great for us. Boy, you, you knew it, you knew she was going to tell the truth to the whole class when you finished your speech. It's a long story, I don't want to go into it, but we appreciate her. Speech, here's why I'm taking about speech. Do you know the lips of the righteous feed many? He that winneth souls is wise. A man who's able to speak and please others, communicate truth to others, defend the truth, and persuade others, that is a gift. I knew a man once, a very young man who got himself into a financial field and found out very quickly that number crunching only got you so far. But the ability to take the result of number crunching and present it to others took you a whole lot farther. There was no increased intelligence in math. There was no increased intelligence or accomplishments in finance. But it was the ability to be able to speak and present it to others. This doesn't cut it. Uh, 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 you know, you can be the smartest person on earth. You can have straight A's. But if you get in a meeting and they turn their attention to you for two minutes for you to make a powerful impact of a presentation and you can't communicate it, Going down. And so when you have speech, don't resent the teacher. Don't resent the class. Just wipe the sweat away. Wipe the sweat away. Use extra BO sauce. That, excuse me, anybody that was offended by that. Um, and just go do it. It's one of the best class. Here's why I want to say it from the Bible. I want you to know something about Joseph and Daniel and David. Um, we're, we're at Daniel 1. We'll get to him in a minute. Joseph, when he stood before Pharaoh, do you remember what Pharaoh said about him? Do we have a man so discreet as Joseph in all our kingdom? A man who just spoke and handled a delicate situation very carefully in front of the king, 
Pharaoh, and all of his court. David, who art thou? I'm the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, your servant. That was about the best answer that could possibly be given. You know, he didn't brag about what he'd accomplished. He didn't challenge the king. He just said, I'm the son of your servant, Jesse. What about Daniel? Look at Daniel. Verse 19. Before he could go to commencement exercises, he had to go in and have an interview. Great school programs like interviews. You apply for medical school, you're going to have an interview. You're going to have more than one interview because they're, want, they're going to want to see how you can handle yourself answering questions. Because if you tie up verbally, you aren't going to make it as a doctor. You've got to be able to communicate. Just And every job needs communication. Does your job need communication? If you make people happy at your register, does it work better for you? It's going to help if you communicate clearly. Every job requires communication. Look at Daniel. Verse 19, and the king communed with them. Nebuchadnezzar, the great king of 120 provinces from India to Ethiopia, called 20-year-old boys in, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and communed with them. That means to talk back and forth and exchange and discuss. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are their other names. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, can you think on your feet and can you speak on your feet? He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even into the first year of King Cyrus. God gave us this wonderful thing called a mouth. We can get our brain to work well with a pencil, our brain to work well with a calculator, our brain to work well with a computer. But if you can't tie in this to be able to beg, persuade, convince, present, ask, implore, all the things that you do in speech, you're behind. Don't hate speech class. That's the bottom line. Love speech class. And understand that David and Daniel and Joseph could speak and speak well. Silence is golden. Yeah, when someone else is talking, you must speak when you're called upon to do so. You've got to learn how to do it. And if you talk too much, you're a babbler and you're not going to go anywhere either. A motor mouth is not what we're talking about. Your mouth says a great deal about you. Does the book of Proverbs say a whole lot about your speech? A whole lot? Does it say if you're a babbler, if you'll just cut your words in half and be quiet, people will think you're smart? Proverbs chapter 17, verses 27 and 28 if you just don't say anything, when, it's, when you're not asked to speak, if you're quiet, people assume you must ha- really have an intelligent mind twirling in there. And so there's a rule from the Bible to control how you speak. Not too much, not too little. When you're called upon to be able to explain yourself, to be able to present a subject, to be able to persuade someone to believe what you've done or what you want to show them. Thank you, Lord for putting it plainly in the Bible. Let's keep moving. Joseph, David, and Daniel. There's, there's something known about David and Daniel that made them special. They prayed three times a day. Daniel is found in Daniel 6 and verse 10. Even though it was against the law to pray to any god except Darius the Mede, he opened his window and prayed like every other time, three times a day. David tells us in Psalm 55 and verse 17, three times a day he prayed. 
Prayer will make you great because you're going to the throne of grace where the King of Heaven will give you mercy and grace to help in time of need. That was last Sunday's preaching. For a student, you need that. For an employee, you need that. There's reasons for that. Let me tell you something about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of glory. He has a key. And it's called the key of David. And when he opens, no man shuts. And when he shuts, no man opens. When he opens doors of opportunity, no man can shut those doors. When he shuts a door of opportunity, there is nothing that can open that door. As Solomon would say in the book of Proverbs, though hand join in hand, though you make a conspiracy with other strong men that you think you're going to get through a door, there is only one way through it. God opens the door. And Jesus has the key of David. When we go to the throne of grace, we have the Lord Jesus Christ with the key of David. The Apostle Paul mentioned about seven times in the New Testament that an effectual door had been opened unto him. He knew he couldn't preach unless God opened a door. He knew he couldn't get an audience unless God opened a door. And those of you who have been, lived a few years, you know that God opens doors and closes doors, close, closes doors for your advantage, right. for your protection. Yes. Do you agree with that? Amen. And they've been wonderful doors He's opened at times. Doors you wouldn't think could open. And they open bigger and broader and better, and the hallway in them was shinier than you thought from the outside. And then the Lord has closed some doors and kept you from it. And in some cases, later on, you realize, thank you, Lord, for closing that door. Amen. Do you believe that? I, could, I know some things in a lot of your lives that we could stop on this point and just revel in the fact that God does those things. Praise the Lord He does that. That's why you want to please Him. Listen, listen getting, into, getting into medical school... Getting into Chick-fil-A, it doesn't matter. you got to have someone open the door. Yeah, Daniel oiled the hinges, but the Lord opened the door. There's hot competition for the great jobs. There's hot competition for the great educational programs. But you can get into them if the Lord opens the door. And so we trust the Lord, and we pray three times a day. We obey the Lord. We love His Word. And He makes our way prosperous, and thou shalt find good success. Does the Bible say that in Joshua chapter 1? That Joshua could obtain good success by meditating on God's Word day and night. Does Psalm 1 say that? That if you'll meditate on God's Word day and night, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous? It says it. Prosperous. You'll prosper. Because the Lord makes all the difference in the world. He raises up kings and He puts kings down. He raises up nations and He puts other nations down. He can do that with nations. He can do that with you with your six classes this coming semester. You can study as hard as you want. Let me tell you something. There's a big difference between going to school and going and getting a job. When you go to school, you are sitting under a person that is paid to flatter you. When you go get a job, you're working for a person that is paid to fire you. There's a huge difference. An employer does not have the same motivation that a teacher does to make you happy so that you write a nice report for her and that she gets to continue there and teach the next year. There's a difference. But if the Lord's on your side, He will bless you under either circumstance. And you want to do your best under both. Lord, help us to do so. Prayer at the throne of grace. Meditating on God's Word. 
holding God's word in your heart brings success and prosperity. What about learning stuff that you know is wrong? Listen, a lot of the stuff you're going to be taught is wrong. What did Joseph have to learn in Egypt? What did Moses have to learn in Egypt? Did Moses have to learn that there was a religious rite of worshiping a dog with goat dung under a full moon? Yes. Did he have to learn about their embalmed priests and their embalming by priests? Yes. But he was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He learned it. He regurgitated it. He passed their tests. And he forgot it as soon as he could. But he, he held fast the things of God's Word that he knew were truth. You're going you're gonna to have to sit through literature classes and you're going to have to sit through psychology classes that are filled with garbage. Amen. Learn it, quote it, regurgitate it, and go on your merry way. There will never be a call for it in your life. But hold fast to the Word of God. Did Daniel learn the wisdom of the Chaldeans? Daniel learned all the wisdom of the Chaldeans so that he could stand with that king and his court and help execute the laws of the Chaldeans. Some of you may have a conscience that's a little too tender when you're having to learn lies. Just learn to memorize the lie for the truth of getting an A. However you have to verbalize it to yourself, remember Joseph, Moses, and Daniel. They had to do it in those empires. And they did it great. Daniel Daniel continued all the way to the third year of Cyrus, according to the tenth chapter. I mean, right here in Daniel 1, it says he continued to the first year of Cyrus. But Daniel chapter 10 tells us he lived right on past that as well. I hope that helps. You know, there's things you're going to have to learn that aren't very valuable, but you want to... They're valuable for getting that grade, for doing the best you can, and they were valuable for Daniel. Anything that contradicts the Bible is darkness, and you should hate it. Amen. That's why I quoted Psalm 119, 128 earlier. I hope that you'll remember the book of Proverbs was written for young men and young women, my children, especially sons, from Solomon to his son to make his son great. The book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom. Reading Proverbs will increase your WQ, your wisdom quotient. The fact that you're able to stack three yellow blocks and then stack two red blocks and score an OK on an IQ test, that isn't very important. Getting wisdom to know what to do in the difficult circumstances and situations that life is going to throw at you, that is important. That's your wisdom quotient instead of your intelligence quotient. And you get that from the book of Proverbs. Solomon tells us right in the first chapter, the first couple of verses, the reason why he wrote the book. To give subtlety to the simple. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. The book of Proverbs is one fabulous book. You would have to pay... Well, there's no one on earth that has that kind of wisdom, so there is no money to pay. To have a man teach you that kind of wisdom. And there it is in the book of Proverbs. You should have a proverb a week for the student body. Lay some wisdom on them from a King James Bible. Use your office. And then show up here every Sunday when we ask you about it. I know, I know one brother that's... Amen. 
we're, we're excited, we're scared, and we're hopeful all at once. Oh, brethren, break stereotypes down. Don't let them, don't let them stick you in some little Christian or Bible Christian hole. They don't know what we are. You have so much more than they've got, and they, and you know so much more than they're going to give you credit for. You know, if David just played the harp, he'd fit a stereotype. He'd have an 80% probability of being a sodomite. If all he did was play the harp. But David also killed bears and lions in his spare time. The combination is great, and it breaks stereotypes, okay? David, David was, if there ever was a renaissance man, it was David. If you read the whole Bible, you'll be very balanced and be different. And so base yourself, base your life on the Bible and form your words and your thinking and your actions on the Bible. And you'll break those stereotypes that want to, that want to make fun of the generalization of what a Christian is. It's also important who you know. As you go through school and as you go through your job, make sure that you please all those around you. Not just to be a man pleaser, but make sure that you're always taking care of everyone you come in contact with. Because sometimes it's who you know, not what you know. Right. That's, we learn that in life. But you know, the Bible teaches that. Just think of, for a moment. What got Joseph from prison to the throne? Was it his IQ? Was it, was it that Pharaoh was thumbing through the IQ results of prisoners? The butler. The butler. He took care of the butler when the butler was in prison. He comforted the butler when the butler was in prison. He, he also told him, you're going to live when you get out of here and the baker's going to get killed. But then that helped. But you know, the butler forgot him for two whole years. But when there was a situation in that kingdom, the butler remembered and then it was who Joseph knew that got him out of that prison. He said, my Lord, Pharaoh, there is a man in prison that can give you an explanation for your dream. Do you remember that? Right. How about David? Did David have someone that helped him on the inside? His name was Jonathan. How about Daniel? Daniel. Daniel is sitting in his room playing chess. Belshazzar is at a feast with a thousand of his lords. And a hand comes out and writes on the wall. Daniel chapter 5. A hand comes out and writes on the wall. Belshazzar's loins are loosed. He can't read the writing on the wall. Neither can any of his thousand lords. Do you remember a player? Who helped? The queen mother stood up. Come over here, my son. The queen mother stood up and said, Your father, Nebuchadnezzar, once had a dream, and there is a man in your kingdom, an excellent man, very discreet, that can answer this dream. The queen mother. The queen mother had witnessed Daniel's excellent spirit, and the queen mother was able to put the two of them together, and Daniel came in and was able to explain Belshazzar's vision there on the wall of that hand that came out. Just think about those examples that even the Bible gives us. This rule takes us back to growing in favor with God and men. It's easy for some Christians to say, I'm growing in favor with God because they have a warm, fuzzy feeling about their relationship with God. But if you're not growing in favor with others, especially good men, you cannot prove that you're growing in favor with God because the two of them go hand in hand. 
If you're growing in favor with God, you will be growing in favor with other men because God's rules of decorum on how to conduct yourself will cause others to like you. And if you're loving others as you love yourself, which is a second commandment, then they're going to remember you. Just like the queen mother remembered Daniel from many years earlier in the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Avoid foolish friends. Evil communications corrupt good manners. A companion of fools, the Bible tells us what will happen, will be destroyed. A companion of wise men will become wiser. So mark your friends. Get friends that are going to pull you up. Get friends that are better than you. Get friends that are smarter than you. Hold on to their coattails and go with them upward rather than letting others grab onto your coattails like an anchor and pull you down. Be like Elihu. Remember that revelation is more important than rationalization. It doesn't matter how smart they say Albert Einstein was. He was an idiot. The Bible calls him a fool. He, doesn't, he didn't know anything. Listen, you can know about the, the laws of thermodynamics and the fact that the earth is winding down right now from, from Romans chapter 8. There is a curse upon the whole creation. It's groaning in travail and pain together until now. IQ isn't the issue. Revelation is the issue. God, someone who has the truth, showing it to us. And make that the source of what you believe and hold to be dear. Do it with your might. When you go to school tomorrow or you go to work tomorrow at 7.30, the Bible says, whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with thy might. The Bible says to be zealously affected always in a good thing is good. Galatians 4.18 So do it with your zeal. If it's being a housewife, if it's being a husband, if it's being retired, whatever it is, do it with your might. Whatever you have in front of you to do with your hands, do it with your might. Don't procrastinate. If you can do it today, do it today. You know, when the teacher gives you a syllabus in the first day of class, and it says there's a big paper due... On the last day of class, what do most students do the day before the last day of class? They start on their paper. Why not start earlier and be working on it all time, all the semester long? Why get buried? Why have that pressure? Why have that guy back there reminding you all the time that you're behind? Don't procrastinate. Redeem the time. Use the hours and the minutes that the Lord gives. If your class is easy, don't rejoice and celebrate with your friends. If your class is easy, you're not learning anything. The hardest classes are the ones where you're learning the most. If a class is hard, that's where you're learning something because it's hard because you didn't know it beforehand. And if you're learning something you didn't know it beforehand, then when you get out of that semester, you're better than you were. And if it's something hard, that means most people can't learn it. And that means that you're separated on the, on the street by taking that class. You're distinguishing yourself by enjoying and appreciating and applying yourself to something hard. You're too lazy when we get excited and celebrate an easy class. An easy class is a waste of your time and your father's tuition and the taxpayer's money. You want a hard class. And when it's a hard class and you don't know it, guess what most people do? They quit on that class. But if you'll apply yourself, you'll separate yourself. Brother Jeff was, uh, Brother Jeff was a little irritated. He got me very irritated because he says he wished he had a glass half-gallon jug of non-homogenized milk. Because he would like to set it right up here somewhere where you can see the cream rise to the top. In non-homogenized milk, I'm porch. I'm, I'm sorry, children, that you haven't ever seen real milk. 
But real milk is white on the bottom two-thirds, depending on the cow that gave it, please. Don't push my farming knowledge too far. And the top one-third is yellow because it's the cream. And the saying in America is, the cream always rises to the top. So did Daniel, so did Joseph, so did David. You can take that jug, turn it upside down and shake it until it's all halfway, I mean, until it's, until the cream appears to be gone. And then you set it back here and just wait a few minutes and watch and the cream comes to the top again. Right. And the young men and the young women that will take the Word of God and to put into practice the things I'm, the things I'm talking about from the Word of God will come to the top. What did Ecclesiastes 7.18 say? The man that fears the Lord lay hold of this and don't withdraw thy hand from it. The one that fears the Lord shall come forth of them all. In other words, will rise to the top because he'll come forth of them all. The most wonderful book you have is the Bible. It is the greatest textbook of all. It is so fantastic to think about how much you know that your teachers don't know. Do you know the cause and nature of sodomy? Romans chapter 1 tells us where it comes from and what it is and how abominable it is. Do you know that sanitation was not practiced in Europe until about a hundred years ago? You would get up in the morning and take your um, let, let, slop jar. What, what's the other word for it? That, uh, bet, chamber pot. And they would just walk over to a window and dump them out. Can you believe it? The streets would just flow with sewer just a hundred years ago, 150 years ago. The Bible told you what to do. The Bible expected there to be underground plumbing. It's described in the Bible. It says your weapon has to have a paddle on it. That means you have a, so, you have a shovel with you at all times because the Lord never wanted to go through the camp and find anything that came out from behind you. That's how the Bible describes it. Right. The Bible is full of wisdom. And that was written 2000 B.C. But Europe didn't catch on until about 100, 150 years ago. How about washing your hands in running water? 100 years ago in New York City hospitals, they washed their hands in a pail. They would go from a dead cadaver, wash their hands in a pail, deliver a baby, go work on someone with cancer, go back and wash their hands in a pail. Oh, I'll bet that had one great collection there. And they wondered why so many babies were dying and women were dying in childbirth. Until a Jew that knew the Old Testament, you can read about him on, he's famous for it, running water. I can turn you to the verses right now that the Bible says, only in running water is your flesh clean. Precious. What what other subject do you want to play with? How about quarantining certain diseases? Was that lined up in the Bible for Moses and those that had leprosy? Do you know what a real deterrent to crime is? Capital punishment. It works. That person doesn't commit the crime again. And it's a speedy trial and execution. Ecclesiastes 8.11, when a teacher says it's been proven that capital punishment is not a deterrent to crime, that's a lie. She's never seen it, and she's never read truth about it. The Bible says, Whoso sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed, and because sentence against evil is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of men are set in them to do evil. The Bible says all that. There's no question they can ask that we can't answer, we don't know the truth for. And when you go in believing that, it gives you a degree of confidence other men don't have. Right. It's fantastic to be a Bible Christian. You are exceptional already. If you're a Bible Christian, you know a little bit about this book. Amen. Global warming is impossible. That's right. 
It's not just improbable. It's not just not happening. It's impossible. Until the real global warming that's coming at the coming of Jesus Christ. You know why children misbehave and you know what effective child training is. You can take all the psychology courses, but you have the answer in your Bible. Thank you, Lord. Do you know what life expectancy is, was, and shall be? 73 years. 70 years is the average man, and 80 if by reason of strength. You average those down one-third to two-thirds, and you've got 73, and it's still 73 today, even though Moses wrote that, 1500 B.C. Hasn't changed. This is all in the Word of God. There is no such thing as life extension. You cannot add one year to a man's life. Life is going to be the same. The, the, the reason of death is sin. And you know that. And you know the cure for sin. And you know that there's a cure for the cemeteries. And you know there's a cure for the grave. You know so many things. That's getting off my point, though, because there's mysteries that I haven't even got to yet. You know the origin of a seven-day week. You know the author of the greatest philosophy work. It's Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. You know the greatest piece of classical music is ours. It's Handel's Messiah. Do you know what the most popular song in the history of the, of the English-speaking world is? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It's got more artists and done more times than any other song. Well, when they want to tell you about music appreciation, pull out your psalter and show them a little psalter where the common people of Scotland could sing the hymns of, of the church 350 years ago right. to common meter tunes and then compose one for them. Common meter's easy. Don't let them try to tell you about music. What are they going to show you? Elton John? Come on. Please. They're going to tell you that self-love, you're going to know that self-love is one of the greatest errors and one of the greatest dangers of the human race. This is wisdom that God's given you in the Bible. Don't you ever be ashamed of God. Don't you ever be ashamed of Jesus Christ the Lord. Don't you ever be ashamed of the Bible. Don't be ashamed of prayer. Don't be ashamed of living righteously. Don't be ashamed of that word called wisdom. Don't be ashamed of the word called righteous or holiness. These are great things out of God's Word. You're so... F- if they knew who you were, all the paparazzi would be surrounding you, like I've told you before, because you're a son of God. But the world knoweth you not, because it knew Him not. Does that come from 1 John chapter 3, Jerry? A verse that you've been enjoying this past week? How do you know that there are seven stars in Pleiades? The constellation Pleiades... You know, it took them telescopes just in the last 50 years to find the seventh star. But the Bible said there were seven stars in it, a thousand B.C. What's the best-selling book of all time and why do you read it on the weekends? (laughs) What is the best-selling book of all time? Listen, the top 100 can't get up to its total. In English, the King James Bible. What's the best form of government? Centralized under one man, under God. Is the life of the flesh in the blood? Is there a water cycle described in the earth? Is the earth round? Where did all the different languages come from? Don't we? We know all this. That Babel. The Tower of Babel. Because they were babbling after the Lord got done with them. And no one could understand each other. How about the means of production? Is it wise to save up your money and buy an ox that's going to out-eat everyone in your family? According to Proverbs 14.4, by the strength of the ox, without the strength of the ox, the crib is bare. Do you have the greatest collection of literature there ever is? 
Is there poetry in this book? Is there history in this book? Is there tight logical reasoning? Is there apocalyptic literature in this book? Are there parables? Are there proverbs? Is this book neat? What? Forgive me for such a cheap word, but Lord, you know what I'm saying. This is the greatest book there is, and it's your book. And you read it on weekends, and you read it every day. Right? Do you know the cause and nature of the rise and fall of nations? Do you know what the worst war that ever took place against one single nation was? The greatest sufferings that any city ever underwent in 70 A.D.? Do you know that they're called the Dark Ages for a very specific reason? They're not called the Middle Ages? Praise the Lord. Let me tell you a little bit more, though. That's just scratching the surface naturally that the Bible teaches us. What about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven? The mysteries. Do you know what? Every one of you that has been in this church, and not because of anything to do with the pastor, everything to do with God and His Word, you've taken Mysteries 707. Mysteries 707. Do you know what you get from Mysteries 700? You know the origin of man, the origin of the universe, the cause of death, the cure for death, the wealth of nations, that there's an angelic world out of sight of any telescope or microscope. That, that there is a Lord Jesus Christ that is the dividing of time. B.C. was before Him, and A.D. is after Him. Why some nations are blind and some men are blind. The future of our planet, a place called heaven, a place called hell, life after death, absolute truth, the real definition of love, and that you are a son of God. Amen. That's Mysteries 770. Right. Praise the Lord. Do you know how much you know when you go to school? Give, give them what they want. And just remember that because you meditate on God's Word, I have more understanding than all my teachers. I understand more than the ancients. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Why do great students succeed? Because the Lord is with them. When the Lord is with a student, when the Lord is with an employee, they're going to find favor. Do you, know what, do you know the kings that were in Canaan, they all wanted to be buddies with Abraham? Do you know why they wanted to be buddies with Abraham? They didn't know that much about Abraham's God except his name, but they knew that everything Abraham did was blessed. And so they wanted to be close to Abraham. You can go read about it. Did Potiphar like the way that it worked once he got Joseph home and unleashed him? Did, everything, did, did Potiphar start getting rich? Was everything blessed in his household? Did he say, I don't even want to know? I don't even want to know. Just give me my supper and keep doing what you're doing. Because whatever you're doing is working. That's what he... That was Joseph. Joseph applied himself, but the Lord blessed what Joseph did. Saul said, uh, not, Saul's servants came to Saul and said, you have a problem. You've got a devil. These depressions that you're going into are, are a devil. We need to find a man that can play the harp, good music, and drive that devil away. Good idea. Go get me some help. Do you know of anyone? Turn to 1 Samuel 16. I, I don't want to cheat you. I want you to know David's resume before he ever appeared in public. Oh, and this is what our young men and our young women should want to have. That when others hear your name, these are the kind of things that they say about you. 1 Samuel 16:18. One of his servants said to King Saul, 1 Samuel 16:18. Behold... I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, watch, that is cunning in playing. He's the musician we need. 
and a mighty, valiant man, lion and a bear, and a man of war. He is one physical specimen. He could fight for you too. And prudent in matters. He is sharp. He has great judgment. Prudent in matters. And look at that last one. And the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. The Lord is with him. When the Lord's with you, you can do anything. You can accomplish anything. How do you get the Lord with you? Walk in His ways. Keep His commandments. Love His Word. Pray for Him to be with you. Like the verses Jerry read from from James chapter 4. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due time. Thank you, Lord. Why do great students succeed? Because the Lord's with them. They have a great reputation and a great name. So it spreads. A good name is rather to be chosen than a great score. On a test. A good name is rather to be chosen than silver and gold. Proverbs 22 and verse 1. A great student avoids folly. Even a little folly. Because a little folly makes a stinking mess. Does a little folly on the part of a person who is known for wisdom. Is it like a dead fly in the ointment of the apothecary? Ecclesiastes 10.1. So don't even goof off a little bit. Be sober. Exhort young men to be sober minded. Exhort young women to be sober-minded. No one knows the future. So no matter what degree program you pick, you can't be sure of the future. You know, a number, of, a number are picking medicine, but you know, the way decisions are being made at the top of this country right now, we could have socialized medicine in 10 years. Doctors could be making only a fraction of what they're making now. It could turn out that way. The surgeons in Russia are up to 400 U.S. dollars a month. The nurses make 200. A surgeon to a nurse, 400 to 200. You don't. We, there's only one being that knows, and it's the God of Heaven. If the Lord's with you, He's going to direct your way. He has a way of doing it, so that Ruth's hap on fields of Boaz. Remember that there's someone that does know the future. You know, as I read about this socialized medicine, and you go online, you search the salaries in other nations that have socialized medicine, you can get a little nervous. But you know, we know it's a transferable skill, we know it's in, we know it's in demand, and we know that a particular group called the baby boomers about my age are getting to the place where they need to be cut on a whole lot. And so there's a whole lot of cutting to do. But we know the Lord knows the future, and the Lord takes care of His own. And so you want to remember that. Promotion comes from God. Do you know that? Look at how it's worded in Psalm 75. And I'm finishing right now. Just just hold on. Psalm 75. You go to school to get ahead. You go to school to get a transferable skill. You go to school to be able to provide your way through life, to be able to serve the kingdom of heaven, to be able to help others that don't have. You go to school for those reasons. But here's what it says in Psalm 75, beginning at verse 5. Lift not up your horn on high. Don't brag or boast. Speak not with a stiff neck. Don't think that you're something. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. The graduating class and their likelihood of success is which ones God sets up and which ones God sets down. That makes the difference. And you want God setting you up. So put your trust in Him, love His Word, meditate on it, pray three times a day, apply yourself diligently, do it with your might, keep the Lord first, seek first the kingdom of heaven, 
He'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. Time and chance happeneth to them all. But our God is the God of time and chance. Oh, yes. Many personal stories in this church could be told. But the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those that fear him. Amen. Amen. The Lord's looking with his eyes throughout the whole earth to find the best things to happen for you if you're putting your trust in him and you're fearing him. He's got the key of David, and he opens and no man shuts. And when he shuts, no man can open. Put your trust in him. Students, employees, I want you to be the best. The Lord wants you to be the best. The Bible gives us examples of those that were the best. Can you be like Joseph? Can you be like Moses? Can you be like David? Can you be like Daniel? Paul, Jesus, Peter, Elihu. Those are great examples we have. Tomorrow, today, you know, you can prepare, you can do some reading in advance to have a great semester. You say, well, I don't have my books yet. Yes, you do. You have a library of 66 of them. You could go home this afternoon, get down on your knees, read a few verses of this book, and ask the God of heaven to be with you like he was with Joseph, Daniel, and David. Right. And there's a, God, there's a throne of grace that hears those kind of prayers, and God can bless you and open doors and make your way prosperous. And may he do so as you get down on your knees with his word and follow him with your whole heart. Amen.